I'm Bay, and you're listening to Bay Baltimore, a weekly pop culture and society podcast recorded in a quiet neighborhood in Baltimore. This week, I want to talk about my hair, specifically school hair, from hot combs and jerry curls to stick straight perms, dookie braids, and natural hair. So... This is the first week of September, so school's back in session for all kids um, here in Baltimore, and it is hot as blazes. Um, It's so hot that schools without air conditioning have been dismissed early every day so far, which is a whole nother disaster of a conversation that for me ends with Governor Hogan not truly caring about Baltimore City and Mayor Pugh not keeping her promises to the city kids. And don't get me wrong, there are plenty of Baltimore County schools that are not in great shape, but by and large, Baltimore City schools are pretty jacked up um, without having proper air conditioning and having proper heating units. Um, So yeah. Anyway, while I have some time today and while I'm feeling nostalgic, um, because quite frankly, I'm all of the kids in the neighborhood, all those babies, the good and the bad ones. Well, there is no bad ones. The good and the honorary ones um, who were hanging out on the uh, neighborhood, you know, they're back in school. And so it's quiet um, after a certain time in the morning and loud again after a certain time in the day. But So I'm feeling a little nostalgic, and while it's semi-quiet, I want to talk about the hair trends and the styles I wore in elementary school, middle school, high school, and even in college. So let's talk grade school hair. Um, And grade school is a term, if you're not familiar, basically it's all of the um, school, (laughs) basically it's um, kindergarten through um, eighth grade. So, you know, grade one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And then in high school, you start talking about freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. So grade school is basically... Uh, K through eight. Anyway, so when I was in um, kindergarten, it was either kindergarten or first grade. I can't remember which because it's a little fuzzy for me, but there was a certain period of time. I was definitely, definitely by the first grade, I was wearing a jerry curl. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with what a jerry curl is, it's basically an S curl, but like really slippery, slimy, and and juicy, basically, lots of oil. And if you're not familiar with what an S curl is, um, actually, no, I take that back. So an S curl is kind of, it's like a, it's an S curl is like a less juicy version of a jerry curl, but a jerry curl, the best example of a jerry curl is for you to watch Coming to America. And the sister, uh, the love interest, Eddie Murphy's love interest, which is a model in real life whose name I've forgotten, um, was in was in a relationship with this guy whose family was the heir to 
this hair care product and his hair was it was hanging to his shoulders but it was super super juicy to the point where it was dripping on his clothes and all of that stuff and his family when they came over to visit um uh his girlfriend's family you know there was this iconic scene where they get up and there are juice cr- uh, uh, activator that's what they call it activator juice um spots on this light colored couch and so basically that was like a satire but for the most part like jerry curl only worked if you kept your hair juicy with the activator juice basically it kept it bouncy and curly jerry curl was a form of a perm um like a white person perm not a black person perm where it's straight but like a white person perm um actually no i take that back a black person perm, but it wasn't to the point where it was straightening it, it just loosened the curls. So, you know, black folks' hair is naturally kinky curly. And so, you know, in order to relax the curls, it there was some chemical in it that just did just that. Um, and so from, at, I really feel like I was five, five or six, to at least seven or eight, maybe nine years old, I wore a jerry curl. Um, and then there was a period of time where we were, you know, living in the city and I had a jerry curl and it was like the norm because I was mostly around black kids and, you know, that everybody else, not everybody, but most of the kids in my school had, my school, definitely my class, had a jerry curl. And so, um... Then we moved to the country, which, you know, I hated moving to the country. It was the worst decision I thought at the time my parents had made. But in hindsight, you know, our neighborhood was getting violent. Um, It was just getting to be too much for my parents with small kids um, and burgeoning teenagers. So dad saw an out and he took it Um, and... You know, we grew up on a farm, literally had cattle, never had, even to this day, I don't think dad has had any fewer than like 10 or 15 head of cattle. Um, But yeah, so I think moving to the country and not having access to the same products as easily than when we were living in Kansas City, um, kind of made it... uh, less an attractive of a choice to continue um wearing the jerry curl so my mom I think like I don't think there was a reversal process I think it's like you you like a, a, a perm you just let it grow out um so you stop using the juice the activator juice and you just kind of start pressing it um and that was another aspect of my life um which was very hard because you who are fortunate enough not to have grown up with a pressing comb, maybe you grew up with a golden hot curling iron, which in many ways is like a pressing comb, but folks like me um, were traumatized by pressing combs because the thing about a pressing comb is it was an old school iron, an old school uh, straightening iron. So it literally looked like a comb. It had this hard plastic handle that wasn't easily 
um, heat, it didn't easily heat up, but it was iron. The comb itself was literally a comb and it was iron. And what you did was you put the hot comb on the eye of your stove and let that thing get cherry red. And then you let it cool off a little bit. And then you get that thing as close to the scalp as you can stand close to them baby hairs. And then you literally comb that child's hair through or your hair through or whomever's hair you're doing through one section at a time and hopefully you have detangled the hair already you've greased the scalp properly and the hair is in sections and it's ready to go and the desired effect of your hair was once you were finished your hair would stick straight so it gave you the perm effect without having to put a perm on it and straighten it um I had my, I feel like my ear was permanently pink for like two, three years. Um, once mom started, uh, flat ironing, not flat ironing, um, pressing my hair with the hot comb because, you know, she would tell me to hold it and then I get tired and I release it at the wrong time. And that, that ear would be burnt. Um, the back of my neck would be burnt. Um, she was real good about not getting my forehead though. She was real careful about that, but those ears and that neck mm -mm, stay pink, um, <laughs> because it burns. But yeah, so like my elementary school experience, my grade school experience basically vacillated between early years, Jerry curl moving swiftly into, um, pressing the hair. And then when mom got tired of pressing it, she just started taking me to, um, her hairdresser which I don't remember how she I don't remember how she found him but it's like we lived in the country and my our hairdresser's name his name was Caesar um lived way out almost not Grandview now I'm telling you like all my business now but like you know grew up in Kansas City for a long period of time moved to the country northwest of Kansas City to the country but we still had you know my aunt lived in uh, almost Kansas City, Kansas. Um, that Grandview area, just Google it on a map. Anyway, I think Caesar lived in Grandview. I could be wrong. Um, he could have lived over there by Bannister Mall, which does not exist anymore. Um, Google Bannister Mall in Kansas City. That thing is bended. Uh, but anyway, I think he lived over there, like in some nice houses, kind of in and around that area. Um, Anyway, Caesar was the one that would relax my hair and he did it in his ba the basement of his home. I don't think I ever went to a shop with him. It was always, I think if I'm remembering correctly, it was always in the basement of his home and his basement was outfitted like a shop and he always had heads in there, always had heads and he always talked too damn much. Um, and I felt like we were in there for the day, which is something I both, look back on and I remember hating but now I look back on it and I cherish it because it was like that was a day you know what I mean and you got all the good gossip you heard all the best gospel songs and I felt like being a grown-up or I felt like I was a grown-up anyway but from K through eighth grade I wore perm I you know I went from jerry curl to pressing comb to getting it permanently permanently straightened with um a perm and the thing about getting the perms, which as an adult, I do not miss, um, is 
my I'm so tender-headed. I've always been tender-headed and I always feel like the the solution that Caesar would use on my hair was always too strong. Um, but you know how that thing is. I, I've always been tender-headed and I've always had kinky curly hair. So, you know, you know, people, he probably put on what he thought would really get the naps out, basically, at, you know, the terminology that folks use. And so I always had scabs in my hair. It was nothing for me to have scabs. Um, and every time he'd wash it, wash out the solution and, you know, give me that rinse, my scalp would be on fire. And, you know, when he'd style up my hair, you know, to hold the hair, what'd he do? He'd put spritz in it, pump it up or whatever, whatever the style was. And that would make my hair feel like it was on fire again. And he would always tell me, see, you shouldn't scratch before you come. Like a week before, you shouldn't, you shouldn't scratch before you come and get your hair uh, relaxed. And I'm like, I sound like dumb logic because my head was itching because it was dirty and I needed to wash it. But the logic was don't wash your hair before you go get a relaxer because you need that extra coat, uh, that extra barrier, which... I think it's just nonsense logic at this point, but I mean, it is a chemical that you're putting on your head. And so there needs to be some safeguard against, you know, it damaging your skin. But I can just remember hating that aspect of it, but loving, loving the fact that, you know, we were spending the day and just hearing all the good gossip and the gospel songs and, you know, just hearing all the good stuff. But yeah, that was basically my grade school hair. Um... And I don't remember feeling any type of way about it. Like I never had, I never had any opinion about what I wanted my hair to look like. I was always mama, is this cool? You know, my sister would do my hair when mama couldn't. And, you know, she would hook me up too. And I was always looking at my hair through their eyes. And so if they thought my hair looked straight, I thought it did too. Um, And if they didn't, then I would go to them and say, okay, we'll make it look good. You know, I really didn't have an opinion about my hair, but, um, yeah, I just more so, I was never wrapped up in my hair, but I, I appreciated the experience of going and getting my hair done. I really liked that growing up in um, grade school. So in high school, I started to come into my own a little bit. So my sisters moved out of the house at that point. My brother was out of the house. um, And I was kind of, you know, trying to figure out who I was. This was like the beginning stages of me just kind of really feeling, you know, who Bay was um, and what Bay wanted to do and, and, and how I felt about things. I wasn't quite to the point where I could truly articulate what I felt I was more like I could really be a good mimic in terms of what other people felt and expressing other people's opinion about things and so you know I was watching you know coming of age movies and things like that and the hairstyles and the clothing choices that they made um influenced me um and so I began to mimic those styles and so in high school I wore I wore dookie braids which I'll explain what those are if you don't know what they are finger waves um 
And, you know, of course, I was still wearing perm. But when it came to prom, I began to wear tracks um, and experimented with color with those tracks, too. So, you know, I had very clear concepts or I was beginning to have clear concepts of what I wanted my hair to look like in very specific situations. Um, again, largely influenced by movies. So let me talk about Dookie braids. So Dookie braids, I'm sure you could Google it, but if you're not aware, a quick way to see what a Dookie braid uh, looked like is to remember poetic justice and the braids that Janet wore. Those were Dookie braids, really fat box braids. Um, all over your head, um, really fat braids and yeah, there's really nothing to them. Um, you're just adding hair, using braiding hair, um, and you have these really fat braids and I enjoyed wearing my hair like that because I wanted to look like Janet. Um, now mind you, Poetic Justice came out like middle school years but I wasn't I wasn't paying attention to hair like that in the middle school or was it it was like early middle anyway um yeah so I was wearing my hair in box braids and wanting to wear Jodeci boots Jodeci boots just google Jodeci boots the group Jodeci and the and the the boots that they wore with the band-aid on them so I wanted to wear you know box braids and Jodeci boots and look like Janet um with the flannel shirt and all of that, um, and try to be cute. And so when I got tired of wearing the box braids, um, and I wanted to do something cute, like, you know, there was a little spring formal or whatever, and I wanted to look cute. Um, I wore finger waves and not just finger waves in the front, like some of the, some of the white kids do now, or some of the white girls do now when they want to look fancy. And I'm not, hear me I'm not trying to be weird or anything like that but you recognize that some styles you know from the 20s probably were inspired in many cases by black folk anyway and so to say it's kind of retro or chic and not like truly give homage is kind of a little weird um but I wore finger waves because that was a style that we were doing in the 90s Missy Elliott um, was famous for having the full head of hair, finger waves, and I wore my hair like Missy Elliott um, in the I Can't Stand the Rain video, which is in the black trash bag. Um, yeah, so I wore my hair like that when I was going to like a spring formal or whatever, and I would leave it in probably a little too long, but, you know, I enjoyed the finger wave look, and one of these days, if I get around to it because I sure do have the echo style of gel I'm gonna I'm gonna do uh finger waves again because I think they're cute anyway but so I went for box braids to occasionally wearing finger waves and then you know for prom you know junior and senior prom I began to experiment with tracks and wasn't really wearing weaves like that I don't I didn't know where I was growing up not a lot of people wore weaves but people wore tracks and so you know I you know Caesar would put my hair into a fancy updo and then you know because you really want the swoop bang he would put tracks in the front so that I could have that swoop bang effect and I took this opportunity to play with a little bit of color and so 
My dad is one of those old Southern men who's got that weird thing about him. I mean, he doesn't have it anymore. But back in the day, it was like, oh, young young lady shouldn't wear color, you know, on your nails and things like that. You acted too fast. Um, again, he does not think that way anymore because that's stupid. Um, but anyway, at the time, you know, I was trying to test what I could get away with. And so me, mom and I decided that dad would probably be less frustrated with me having color in my hair if it was like burgundy. So it wasn't like bright, but it was definitely a color that you could see, but it was like one of those that could blend in with dark brown hair. And so um, my first experiment with color was having burgundy tracks um, with my updo for prom, um, my junior prom actually. And it, you know, it... The only way I could describe my junior prom hair was I had the burgundy swoop bang that went under my chin um, and then the rest of my hair was pulled up into a ponytail and it was like kind of a sprout, like a full sprout, if you could understand it, where Caesar put the spritz on my hair and then he flat ironed it. And so my hair basically looked, it like came down like a waterfall and cascaded, um, uh, and that was my updo. So, you know, swoop bang and a waterfall, <laughs> waterfall hair, um, basically. And yeah, I, I liked it so much that for senior prom, I did the same thing. Only um, I think I had a side pony or it was like a side French roll. Um, yeah, a, a side French roll with a little tendril coming down in the back um, and swoop bangs again. But instead of hanging swoop bangs, these were kind of tucked. These were kind of sculpted onto my face and kind of tucked behind my ear. So it was swoop bangs, but they were sculpted. And so, yeah, that was basically, you know, when I wasn't going to junior prom, when I wasn't going to senior prom, I was still, you know, wearing flat iron hair, per, uh, permed, straight perm. Um, yeah, it was kind of just kind of going with the flow, doing that, go wearing it wrapped. Um, so wrapping my hair a lot and that was kind of my hair for high school. Um, yeah, I want to, I want to say when it came to junior, senior year, I really didn't wear the box braids anymore or the dookie braids. Um, I more so just wore it flat iron, flat ironed it, wrapped it, um, and then brushed it out and kind of went to school and it was kind of just that, um, it wasn't anything special. Um, or anything like that. And the only time I did something special was when I was going to like a dance or something like that. So by the time I was, you know, I graduated and I was moving into um, my college years, you know, I was really coming into my own um, even more. And I was a part of this program at my school called the George Washington Carver program, which I think is unique to my school um, because of its connection to Carver himself. Anyway, um, so when I was in the Carver program, it was basically like the summer before the freshman year for students of color. Um, all across the country who were going to my college, to my university. Um, so in the Carver program, I got with my little friends, you know, formed a little clique as you do. And my little clique was into hair and it was really into, you know, 
the music scene at the time and, and what the girls in the videos were wearing and you know what the stars were doing with their hair the black stars were doing with their hair um and so again I'm coming from a household where putting color in your hair wasn't something that was accepted um but I had gotten away with it because it was not necessarily coloring my hair but it was coloring tracks for special occasions on top of that too so it wasn't like the color was permanent and it wasn't like I was gonna keep that permanent color forever because it was a it was on the track so you took the track out the color wasn't there so when I went to college I got my freedom um, or I felt more free and so when I was in the the George Washington Carver program I put color in my hair and the very first color I put in my hair was what burgundy because that's what I felt safe with doing um because I had already experimented with what that color looked like on me I knew it looked good I knew it it complimented me um and so I dyed my whole hair burgundy which you do you but dyeing your hair all one color that is it's a commitment it's a definite commitment because when that stuff grows out you got to figure out you know, are you going to be happy with it when it grows out? What are you going to do? Are you going to keep it up? Um, yeah, so I really didn't think through that whole maintenance part of the color. Um, I just wanted color. And so in the Carver program, I just colored the heck out of my hair with burgundy to the point where I colored it too often. And so it's like I was getting my hair relaxed. I got my hair relaxed and then like a month later I put color on it. And then a month after that I put even more color on it. And so what was happening to my hair? The junk was breaking off. Um, and so I, the good thing about it is over the summer I got, um, I, because I'd broken my hair off in the Carver program, my, the first semester of my freshman year I'd really gotten on a kick where I really wanted to make sure that my hair was healthy so I really took care of my hair and as a result it you know because I was paying more attention to it it was growing and it was retaining not only was it growing because your hair always grows but it was retaining length and so what hair I the inches that I lost over the summer messing up my hair with coloring it too often and not taking care of it, um, I re- I was able to retain length and get it back to where it was before I started messing it up. So, but I still wore burgundy hair for my freshman year for the most part. I didn't color it as often as I did over the my the summer leading into my freshman year, but I still definitely maintained um, the burgundy hair until um, my sophomore year. Ah, was that when Keisha Cole was out? No, Keisha Cole came out my senior year. So I'll talk about that. Um, and cause my hair reflects, <laughs> my hair reflects that. Um, anyway, um, but I had, I don't know what influenced me to dye my hair kind of reddish ginger color. Was that Charlie Baltimore? I mean, Charlie Baltimore was my high school years, but I think I think we were going retro a little bit. And so I think me and my little friends um, in college, I decided that ginger was like the color for me. And that looked cute too. But like, it was like carrot top ginger, almost carrot top ginger with like some cinnamon in it. Anyway, so my junior year, I wore, my hair was ginger. Or not junior, sophomore year, my hair was ginger for the most part of the year. I was still trying to take care of it because I still had scars from how hard it broke off my, um, that in the Carver program, but, um, 
yeah, I just maintained ginger and I thought that was the look. And mind you, though I'm changing my hair color, I'm not really changing how I'm styling my hair. So it's very much still flat ironing it and wrapping it and brushing it out and going about my business. And at this point, you know, my friends and I, all of us, we, the school that we went to, it's like we were the black population. Um, so there were folks that are in the neighboring college town that were black, but by and large, when we were in town, the black population, like went from maybe five to 7% of the population to more like 15, 17% of the population in the town. Um, and so, you know, we would all go home and get our hair relaxed and then come back to school and have to maintain our hair until we could go back home again on the next break to get it relaxed. Or some of us were fortunate enough to find a stylist, you know, in the neighboring big city where we could go get our hair done. But for the most part, we were trying to figure out how to maintain our hair between going home and getting it done again. And so the enter golden hot um, flat ironing rods. And golden hots are exactly what they are. They're literally gold or at least made to look appear gold. And there was uh, an iron (laughs) that literally you got these rods, you put them in there almost like a hot comb, only they were curling irons. And you put them in this iron and they heat it up. And then you would flat iron your hair. Also, there were knockoff golden hots where it was literally a, a, a curling iron that would have high heat settings and so your junk would be burning like you would could potentially burn your hair off if you weren't careful so that was dangerous um we were living on the edge but that's how we would maintain our hair in between getting um going home to get our hair um relaxed um and most of the people that I hung around we all had relaxed hair and you know we were coming into our own and trying to determine you know that weird period of time, a weird period of history where, you know, the hoteps were taking over and saying that because you relax your hair, if you if you relax your hair, you really didn't love yourself. And so we were kind of in that weird space where we were saying, you know, we were at this predominantly white institution and, you know, we were the black representation. And so we were trying to figure out what that meant. And we were trying to understand we were listening to these principles, which at the time we really didn't feel like were Hotep. We didn't really have a name for it, but they were coming across like, I don't think that's right, but maybe it is right because this is new to me and it sounds like it's empowering. So maybe it is right. Um, but yeah, we weren't quite there yet where we, you know, believed that relaxed hair meant that we didn't truly like our blackness. And so we were still doing our hair, you know, embracing the African, uh, the black national anthem and the black national, excuse me, the black liberation colors and things like that. But, you know, still toying with hope, whether or not we were subscribing to hotel philosophies, basically. (coughs) Anyway, and sorry if that offends you, but I feel very strongly about telling someone how they can be black. Um... Anyway, um, so we were still flat iron. We were using golden hot um, ironing rods as a way to keep our hair relaxed and straight, um, stick straight. And in the meantime, so I was wearing, you know, ginger hair my sophomore year. 
And then I kind of wore ginger hair um, in part of my junior year. And then Keisha Cole came out. I, I can't remember if this was the, the timing was right, but I just remember, you know, my juniors at my junior and my senior year. I was tired of the burgundy. I was tired of the ginger. I wanted something bolder. And so instead of dyeing my whole hair like I had been doing, I got highlights. I can't remember when, but I started dabbling in like auburn hair and then, you know, even lighter going into the dishwater blonde and then it was um, highlights. And then my senior year, I distinctly remember my senior year, I got my bangs bleach blonde. Um because that was the thing to to get your, your the crown of your hair bleach blonde and the rest of your hair be a dark color. So I didn't color the rest of my hair at all. I just kept it whatever color it was and the ginger at that point was starting to fade out. And so my hair was just basically brown with a little bit of ginger in it and the top of my hair, the crown of my hair was <clears throat> excuse me, bleach blonde. And so when when you styled your hair, it like did this really cute effect that when like you did a swoop bang, it would be cute. It would have this cute little trans, uh, contrast. Um, when you had your hair up, it had a cute little contrast. So, you know, I was into that. And the reason why I keep saying Keisha Cole is because if you look at her first video, I think it was called Love. I don't remember. She was just hollering, not hollering. She was whining. No shade. She was whining love. Um, and she did that weird little run that, all right, anyway, I'm not going to talk about nobody. Anyway, um, but you know, her, the bottom of her hair was like a burgundy red and the top of her hair was bleach blonde. And so like, that's what girls were doing. And again, me and my friends, we were highly influenced by the videos and the movies that we watched. Like all young people are like many people are, you're influenced by what you're seeing in the culture. And so, you know, I just went blonde and, you know, that looked, it was, I thought it looked cute. I thought all the colors that I did on my hair looked cute. Even when I was damaging the crap out of it, it still looked cute on me. It still complimented me, um, in, in, in its own way. So... After college, I moved around um, a couple of times. Um, I thought I was going to stay home or at least in the in the Kansas City area, but that didn't work out for me. So I moved across country and, you know, I started to do my internship things. And I, I think I talked about this in a, in a earlier um, in an episode a couple of months ago. Anyhow, but as I moved, I was also trying to figure out, you know, how to maintain my hair, you know, and things to do with it um, and who I could go to to help maintain it. And so I found myself um, not having a hairdresser anymore, but having coming in contact with people that would put box perms on my hair, box straightening perms on my hair, which (coughs) excuse me, got me into the place where I was damaging my hair again. And so I, you know, during one of my um, internships, I just got one of my friends to do one of those box um, perms on my hair. And then I just stopped like that was my last one. And I knew it was going to be my last one. And 
I got it done because I wanted to go home looking good. Um, And when I went home, my mom did not look the way I had remembered her looking. Now, what you need to know about that is the reason why she didn't look the way she I remembered her looking is because she had cancer and she was fighting cancer at the time. And so one of the ways that she fought cancer was because that was she underwent chemotherapy. And as you know, chemotherapy is a powerful cocktail of uh, drugs, which basically um, in trying to combat the cancerous cells, it also kills off healthy cells too. Um, And your hair is one of the first things to go, one of the most notable things to go. Um, And so to cover up the fact that she was losing her hair, she started wearing wigs. And I just remember coming home and feeling really defeated that she was so frail looking and, you know, she was really in a fight for her life. And I remember thinking, you know, hair is so minuscule and so stupid. I don't want to have to think this much about hair anymore. I don't want it to have to rule my life. And so it was at that point that I decided that not only was I not going to get another uh, relaxer on my hair, but that I was going to cut it. But I just didn't have the courage to cut it just then. And so it took me moving. It took me going back to where I was doing my internship, leaving that place and going, coming over here to Baltimore and then thinking that I was going to grow my hair out a little while longer before I cut it. And then just deciding, you know what, I'm going to grow up the street from where I'm at now to this place called Asiatic Cuts and they're going to cut all my hair off. It was a barbershop. They're going to cut all my hair off. And so poof, cuts all my hair off and I start, I feel liberated instantly. And boy, let me tell you, my little old fro that I had, I was looking so cute. Yeah, mm-hmm. I look so cute. Um, I had my little earrings on and I, I that was the first time where I really felt like I looked good. And it wasn't because I was natural, but it, it was because, it, I don't know, it just complimented me. Maybe because it was natural, but not not for any hotepy reason. I felt good because I thought I looked good for the first time. In my whole life, I looked at myself and and was happy with what my hair looked like. I had no color in my hair, but it wasn't because I didn't have color. I didn't have any process in my hair or process. I didn't have any um, relaxer in my hair, but it wasn't because of that. I just really felt good about what I looked like, what my face looked like, what my hair looked like with my face. And so, you know, I would, at this time I was going on YouTube and there was this trend again where everybody was doing the big chop and, you know, doing all these things to make their fro look a certain way and all of that. And the, the blinders slowly kind of came off and I realized that a lot of folks who's Afros were like really big and really curly in this very specific way. They manipulated their hair to do that. Um, My hair is kinky curly, so I can pick it out all I want. I can flat iron it out all I want, but when the humidity comes, my hair is going to coil, literally coil like a slinky because that's how tight my my curls are. And when I stopped fighting that, I started to feel better about myself. And so... You know, the understanding that I have about my hair now, I wish I would have had that back in the day so that I could, whatever hair choices I made, it was because it was for me and not for looking like a certain, not to look a certain way. Um, 
But that was my journey and it took a while to get there. And, and, and maybe I needed to go through all of that to get to a place where I could clearly identify what I wanted because I had been through years of all this stuff that I really didn't want. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty simple now. And I just love it when I see little girls walking around or little boys, little, little people walking around and doing whatever they want with their hair and loving it. If they got a wig on, they love it. If they got, if they got uh, locks it, and they, they love it. And I just love that because I see in them what I didn't see in myself and what I see now in myself, but not when I, I didn't have that self-confidence when I was their age. And I just love that. Um, so, you know, you got these young boys walking around with rainbow Skittle colored hair, but you know what? They're confident in it. You might not like it, but they don't care. Um, you got these young girls walking around with neon green hair, neon green um, wigs on that they made themselves. That is skill. That takes skill to make your own wig and to make it look like something. Come on. So, you know, I, I appreciate my journey and I appreciate the journey that other folks are going through. I just pray that it is a positive one for them as they come into their own and feel good in their own skin doing whatever they want to do. For me, it was stripping everything away. For other people, it could be the freedom to do whatever they want. Either way, I just, you know, hair can be very political as we've come to understand um, with the little girl in South Africa putting on a protest basically because they were clowning her for her hair, for her natural hair, which was beautiful. Um, or you got these kids right here in the United States who are being clowned at school for having locks, clowned at school for having braids, um, talking about your hair isn't professional, um, or doesn't look good. Um, you know, so I just appreciate people feeling good doing what they want to do. And I encourage that. And, you know, hair doesn't have to mean everything, but sometimes it means it, it has to in order to, unfortunately, how can I say this? Sometimes hair means the world to folks because it's a form of expression that maybe they wouldn't otherwise be able to get. Otherwise they have access to, and it's important to be able to express yourself and not just some people, but everybody. And yeah, I just, like I said, I reflect on my period of time, my hair journey and wish it were different, but appreciate it all the same. And I just look forward to other people finding their own hair journey as a way to find them their own selves and to come into their own. Um, and I pray that it's a peaceful one, but, uh, but one that is necessary for them. So yeah, I kind of said this already, but you know, hair can mean nothing and it can mean everything at the same time. And everyone should be allowed to have their own hair journey and find comfort in whatever style, whatever way that makes them feel, you know, helps complete their look, the look that they're going through at the time. And, you know, my hair journey was full of ups and downs, highs and lows, but I like where I am right now. And I wonder where I'll be in the future. Um, there was a period of time where I really thought I wanted to lock my hair. And every once in a while, I think about it. Um, I don't know. Will I ever lock my hair? Probably. 
Um, you know, and that's going to be its own thing. I know my husband, he used to feel a way about locks, but it's not his hair. It's mine. And so I think as we've grown together as a couple, um, you know, I think he's, he's kind of let go some of those old, those old and weird things that, um, you know, he learned as a kid from other men who learned it from other men. Um, you know, I think he's letting go of some of, he's shedding some of those old ideas and so am I. And so I think, you know, if I choose to do it, I think he'll be supportive of it. I know he will. Um, but do I want to do it? I don't know. I love to change my hair. I love to braid it up. I love to wear it in a fro. I love to, um, well, I haven't straightened it ever since I've, I did my big chop. Um, but yeah, I like the different things I can do with it. And there's something to me that feels limiting about locks, but maybe that's just because I'm trying to find a reason not to lock my hair. So who knows, maybe I'll lock it one day and then that'll be a whole new journey on its own. But for right now, I'm chilling where I am. So yeah, so that's my hair journey. That's, you know, hair through school, hair um, through the years. So yeah. Um, Yep, so that's my show. (laughs) That's my show for the day. Um, Definitely go to Bay... um, baybaltimore.weebly.com to see what I've been up to lately my posts lately um, little afterthoughts about Afro, uh, Afropunk um, definitely uh, talk to me on um, anchor.fm um, the app you don't have to download the app yourself you can just go to the webpage and, and find the show Bay Baltimore and you can send me a message that way um, you could donate that way you don't have to download anything and you don't have to be a member yourself um, likewise, if you're listening through CastBox or, you know, Google podcast or Apple podcast, um, give me a rating, like the show. If you like it, um, if you don't like it, don't, don't like it. Just don't give any rating, but if you do like it, give me a rating, give me a, uh, the, a max rating. I really appreciate it if you would. Um, and definitely, definitely reach out to me. Um, if you have any ideas or feedback about anything that I talked about in this episode, um, or anything that you'd like to hear about, um, in future episodes, I really want to hear from you. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Um, have a wonderful day and that's it for now. Bye-bye.